The Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show is proudly brought to you by the Hoosier Basketball Academy. Want to improve your game and be an elite athlete? Hoosier Basketball Academy, located in the heart of Hoosier Hysteria, provides an excellent opportunity for student-athletes to improve their basketball skills. Their goal at Hoosier Basketball Academy is to provide an opportunity for young athletes to reach their full potential and allow them to compete at the highest level. Using their training model, they believe a solid foundation of fundamentals and muscle memory training is critical for the development of elite basketball players. This can only be achieved if you are mentally tough, have a strong work ethic, and are willing to sacrifice countless hours needed to be the best you can be. The Hoosier Basketball Academy offers high-intensity basketball training focusing on small groups and individual attention needed to improve your game, as well as specialized training and drills done at game speed to push you to your limits and improve overall physical conditioning. One of HBA's goals is to improve the skills and abilities of each player trained by focusing on ball handling, proper shooting mechanics, speed, agility, and footwork allowing you to take your game to the next level. This training is for players that are serious about improving their skills. Hard work pays off and gives you the competitive edge in practice that carries over to games against your biggest rivals. In addition to offering training, HBA fields highly competitive travel teams with many teams qualifying for nationals each year. Visit HBAElite.com for more info. Be elite and train to be the best. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. Today I am joined by a legend, a uh, Dale. coach in the state of Georgia, uh, head coach at Georgia State uh, uh, University in Georgia, and multi-year NBA scout, Bob Reinhardt. Bob, thanks so much for spending some time with us, uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule to help keep the nostalgia alive. Well, I tell you what, I don't know how you found me, but I sure do like you calling me a legend. You know, I've called myself a legend for years, but nobody else has. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, that legend is used. used. I told them first time I've ever been in a room with seventy-five All-Americans, and half of us weren't very good. <laughs> oh boy, Coach, what what did you pick up first as a youngster? Um, a baseball or a basketball? Tell us a little bit about uh, how you got introduced into uh, athletics, and and who did you emulate, or who was popular at the time that, and 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 made you go the route that you went? Well, first of all, Billy was my family. You know, I'm one of thirteen children, seven boys and six girls, and two of my older brothers were all sectional and all regional, and uh, I was two, which makes three of us. And I I think I'm not sure. But I think those uh, those brothers from uh, Indiana, you know, the three that are in the NBA, you may you remember their name? No, help me out. Well, I can't think of them either. But one of them played at IU. Uh, 
And I think those are the only three brothers that ever made all sexual and all regional. But anyway, going back to your original question, uh, I was born into a family of that, uh, uh, and my mother and dad encouraged it. And Dale, Indiana is a little hot spot in southern Indiana that everybody played basketball and not baseball. And from the time I could uh, walk, I was involved with, with either basketball or baseball. And, of course, uh, a lot of that had to do with our predecessors because I can, I can recall in high school that uh, if, if me or my teammates were out after 10 o'clock, somebody would say, hey, you got a game tomorrow, you're supposed to be in bed. So I was, I was reared uh, in, uh, in a basketball town and a basketball family. It just, just came normal. So, so which was your favorite at a young age, baseball or basketball, or just just both? Just depending on what season it was. <laughs> you know, if it was in the wintertime, we shoot hoops. If it was in the summertime, we play stickball. Uh, and and it involved a lot of us. You know, it it, uh, it was just a thing that uh, you you wanted to do because you wanted to you wanted to be like your older brothers and sisters. Now I have read that you had to you've 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 had to keep feeding someone for years and years, and this person came into your life in sixth grade. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Roger Kaiser and uh, uh, your when when did you first meet him and how did you become friends? We met in kindergarten. Roger and I grew up a hundred yards apart on the same street in Dale, Indiana, and uh, we were closer than brothers and still are. Uh, Roger's a dear friend, and of course he went to Tech, I went to IU, and uh, we played high school ball together, grade school ball together, and uh, I remember Billy coming to Atlanta when I, you know, I was Roger's assistant for uh, four years, when he got out of Tech and I got out of IU, I coached up in Oakland City three years, but when we moved down here, Roger and I went over to Emory University to take a national teacher's exam and I remember the proctor told us to put uh, on the top of our page put our home state. Well, he and I wrote Indiana. Said, put your hometown, Dale. Put your home high school, Dale High School. Put your home principal, Ralph Kiefer. Put your father's name, Elmer. He said, Elmer, I was Elmer. It was a sixth question before they could have told Roger and I apart. <laughs> <laughs> so Roger and I have been dear friends and uh, it was a pleasure playing with Roger because uh, if they'd have had the three-point line when Roger played, uh, I don't know how many records would have been broken because he was a great shooter and a great teammate and a great Once you got to Dale High School, what kind of basketball program did they have there, and did you anticipate the success that both you and Roger would have while you guys were there? Dale always had good basketball teams. Uh, of course, now it's consolidated into Heritage Hills. But all the small towns around Dale had good basketball. Holland, Huntingburg, Hell City, Jasper, Vincennes. Everybody had a good basketball team. And, uh, you know, although, although the uh, enrollment in high school wasn't great, everybody learned to play basketball at an early age. And I remember when they built the new gym in Dale, it seated like 2,500 people, and our town uh, population was 700. So we had people coming out of the cornfields and, uh, you know, to see those games. Matter of fact, I remember in sectional time, they had to draw out of a, for a lottery ticket to get to the sectional. But it was, it was just, uh, you know, it was a religion and uh, something that people were proud of. And one of the things that, uh, you know, one of the few things in a town of 700 that 
everybody got got uh, involved in. So it was it was a great situation, and uh, although it was small town, we had some great rivals. You know, there were some great basketball players in Southern Indiana. Coach, what were some of the teams that were in your sectional while you were at Dale? We were in a sectional with Pell City, uh, Rockport, Hamilton, uh, let's see, uh, Ferdinand, and all these, most of these are consolidated now. And all of those teams were, were good. You know, uh, you, you talk about Pell City, they, they had great teams in Rockport. I remember Rockport my junior year, uh, they were 6'8, 6'7, 6'5. And Holland, you know, Gene Bumbolin, who, uh, Bumper. Uh, Bumper, he's a dear friend of mine. Matter of fact, my wife was a cheerleader on his high school team. Oh, she wow. went to Holland High School. And Bumper and I are still friends. We go to the horse track together. And of course, he still leads the, the uh, still holds the rebounding record. Uh, although, you know, Ernie Grunfeld and Bernard King came after him at Tennessee, but he still holds the rebounding record at the University of Tennessee. And, you know, Buddy Blimker was from Huntingburg. He was a great basketball player. And, uh, you know, Joe Todrank played over at Holland. He was a good basketball player. We had some, we had some good uh, good basketball players in Southern Indiana. Did you guys travel much, or were most of your games, did you travel outside of Southern Indiana? Did you ever play anybody in Indianapolis? Or did you travel a lot uh, with Dale? Not really. You know, and most teams didn't. Uh, matter of fact, I don't know any teams that did. You basically played in your uh, sectional and regional contenders. Uh, our regional was always held at Eddingsville. And, uh, you know, within a 30, 40 mile radius, you know, we played uh, uh, Oakland City and and uh, Fort Branch and uh, Pell City, Canelton. You know, it was all right there within a 30, 40 mile uh, radius. Uh, Coach, when did you get on the radar of uh, colleges recruiting you? Do you remember the first uh, college that recruited you? I don't remember the first one, but I, I remember that uh, Coach Roger got a lot more offers than I did, but I had a ton of offers. And, uh, you know, I ended up uh, the, uh, going to Kentucky Wesley for one quarter. But uh, I mean, when I got down there, uh, I understood that, quickly that uh, the coach wasn't the one running the team. We had a kid, I don't remember or not, uh, that, uh, and I can't even think of his name now. Oh, King Kelly Coleman. You remember King Kelly Coleman? Uh, he could he put, was one he, of the, yeah, he could put a, uh, oh, he could, he could shoot from midcourt. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> I got down there and I found out he was running the team. Unfortunately, a friend of mine told me, you know, you should have gone to Indiana in the first place, which I did, because I was only I was only gone for three months. But, uh, you know, when I got got back to IU, that's where I should have gone in the first place. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't play a whole lot of basketball. I played three years of baseball and was captain of the baseball team. Matter of fact, uh, percentage-wise, I think our baseball team still is the best percentage, but Two years ago, they had a great baseball team, and they won a lot more games. So they play a lot more games. But uh, one of the great things in my life is uh, getting beat with Branch McCracken. Uh, you know, and a lot of people have forgotten Branch McCracken. But, uh, you know, he wasn't what you call a, a great X and O coach, but what a motivator. And uh, I'd have done anything for him. And uh, he, he's the one who got me my first job at Oakland City. You know, I was 23 years old, and... Uh, he kept 
pushing and pushing, and I got a head job at Oakland City at age uh, 23. But uh, Branch was a great guy, and uh, he, he taught me a lot. He told me one time, he called me in his office, and he said, Ryan, everybody calls me Ryan. He said, you know, you need to coach. He said, you don't need to do the two things. He said, work hard and be enthusiastic, he said. <laughs> so uh, he, he got me on the right track. Now, if I'm not mistaken, too, I think uh, Coach McCracken and Coach Wooden kind of grew up like maybe 10 or 15 minutes apart from each other, correct? That's right. Johnny Wooden was from Martinsville, and Branch was from Monrovia. And matter of fact, Branch McCracken was offered the UCLA job when Johnny Wooden took it, and Branch McCracken is the one who recommended Johnny Wooden for the job. A lot of people don't know that, but that's a truism. Uh, so did Co- did Coach McCracken come to Dale or d- come to watch some of your high school games while you were in high school? That's an interesting uh, question. Uh, I don't think Branch ever saw Roger and I play, but Lou Watson, who was Branch's assistant, came down several times. And we had a little uh, restaurant in Dale called the Corner Cafe. And uh, Lou Watson came in there, and he started questioning the waitress about Bob Reinhardt and Roger Kaiser. And he asked her if she knew him. Of course, she knew him. I don't know what kind of kids they were. Do they drink? Do they smoke? Do they, you know, do they do this? Do they do that? And of course, she gave a rousing recommendation. <laughs> and little did he know that the waitress he was interviewing was my sister. <laughs> 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 That's a great story, too. <laughs> so she didn't tell him anything bad. <laughs> So, so what was it like when you got when you know you you, you Kentucky Wesleyan and you decided to go to Indiana University? Do you remember getting on campus and had you been to Bloomington before? Oh yeah, we had visited Bloomington and uh, had visited IU on an official visit. And uh, like I say, it was a mistake not to go there in the first place. But you know, it wasn't an adjustment because you know I was a, a Hoosier, a Indiana Hoosier follower since I was in first grade. I loved the Hoosiers. Uh, you know, I remember. The, the 54 team with Burke Scott and Dale Scott and Don Slunton and, and uh, uh, the guy from Winslow, Dick Farley. So I, I, you know, I follow them all the way. So, you know, it wasn't any adjustment. And also, I need to mention Ernie Andres. You know, he was my baseball coach, and he was also assistant to the basketball coach. And along with a friend of yours, uh, uh, he went to Broadway for Jimmy Green. He was my assistant to basketball and baseball coach. So I had some good mentors. And, uh, you know, I'm forever grateful for my relationships with all of them. You know, it was interesting in chatting with you to set up this interview. I told you that, you know, I, it, there's it's like six degrees of separation with Indiana basketball. And Gene Ring was the athletic director at Broderville High School while I attended Broderville High School. And I learned so uh-huh. mu- I learned so much of the game. And, uh, you know, the, he's probably one of the people that started the uh, the fire that I have in my belly for uh, the game of basketball yeah. from the state of Indiana. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it is, and he was uh, really a competitor. He was a competitor, and, and an excellent. He was a good basketball player, but he was a great baseball player. Yes. And, uh, I, you know, a lot of times in college, especially today, you don't have what you call a close relationship, but we had a close relationship with with uh, Coach Ring, Coach Watson, and Coach McCracken. What was travel like back in those days uh, uh, with the Hoosiers? Um, uh, was there a favorite, play, favorite place that you liked to go? Was there, fa- was there a place that you really didn't care to go play a basketball game? Or what was travel like? Well, it was interesting because, you know, you know what airlines we flew? <laughs> we flew Purdue Airlines. 
I don't know what they do today, but we still do airline. And uh, I remember one time we're flying up to Michigan, and the pilot came back and told, told Coach McCracken, said, we think we got enough fuel. And McCracken <laughs> said, will you please set this plane down? And and that's not the language you use. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to know if we want to try to make it. Yeah, it was interesting. I remember another time uh, we were at Wisconsin, we were staying at the uh, Edgewater Motel right on the lake, and a bunch of us thought we'd be cute, and the lake was frozen over, so we walked out on the lake and took our foot and made a mark and ran up to it and see how far we could slide. And Herbie Lee, who was one of one of our point guards, uh, he fell and hurt his ankle and couldn't play that night, and we were taking him into the hotel. He saw this big white head standing up there, and it was Brad, and he said, bring these guys 800 miles and go ice skate. <laughs> well, we had some great stories. I remember another time we got off a plane, and this lady came up to Bellamy, walked my room together two years, and she says to Walter, who was six eleven, said, "I know you're a basketball player." And Walter said, "No, ma'am, jockey." <laughs> <laughs> some great memories, Billy. <laughs> um, number thirteen. Did you wear number thirteen at Dale? I wore number thirty in baseball and basketball. I wore thirty. I wore uh, uh, let's see, what did I wear? Dale thirty-five because my two brothers ahead of me wore it. Okay, and then and then how did you get thirteen for the Hoosiers? I I really don't know, but when I got the basketball thirteen, I requested the baseball thirteen. Awesome. And uh, yeah. G- Gary Long uh, was a teammate of yours, also. Oh yeah, Gary Long and Gary Bass and. Bobby Wilkinson, Frank Radovich, uh, Walter Bellamy, Herbie Lee, Leroy Johnson, Gordon Mickey, Charlie Hall. Yeah, we uh, we had. I remember we went to Columbus, Ohio, and they had uh, Lucas Siegfried, Havlicek, Mel Noel, and Joe Roberts, and all five of them played in the NBA. We beat them 122 to 92. And from that time on, Fred Taylor, who was coaching Ohio State, he and McCracken didn't get along. Fred said, Mac <laughs> ran the score up. Mac said, how can I run the score up on five all of that? No kidding. <laughs> now, a sequel to that, you know, I was uh, scouting for the Warriors, and and uh, Bob Knight and uh, uh, Bill Musselman were pretty good friends, and his uh, Bill's son, Eric, was our coach. So Eric had Bob in to talk to our players preseason so I uh, told Knight I said you know if it hadn't been for me we'd have just had 98 or had 118 because I scored four (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so speaking of that you you bring up coach Knight and you said some choice words that branch coach McCracken didn't say to the airline pilot but what um, what was what was like a practice like with, with Coach McCracken and and was he a, was he a taskmaster or could you did you feel like you wanted to do more for him or what was he like as a coach or, and as a teacher? He was he was a motivator and he took an interest in you personally. For example, if you were playing for him and you know you were on defense, he slide your feet, Billy, slide your feet, Billy. He always said everything twice. Always he said, "Slow down, Ryan, slow down, Ryan." Or he'd say, jump higher, Bells, jump higher, Bells, and he'd slap you on the butt. You know, Mac, Mac's uh, form of motivation, I totally agree with it, was encouragement. 
It wasn't belittling or embarrassing you. And I say today that the best form of motivation is for you to encourage people because if a guy knows, he, if a guy makes a mistake, he knows it. So why do you want to exacerbate it and uh, get on his butt about it? But that's what Mac was good at, relationships. He made you want to run through the wall, and that, that's the reason he had such uh, such uh, success at IU. Everybody loved Mac. Everybody loved Mac. He was just he was just a great guy, great guy to play for. What was transitioning? Took an interest in you. Yeah, okay. What was transitioning like from basketball to the baseball season when you were at at, at Indiana? Was it well, hard? it was quite difficult. It was quite difficult because you know Indiana weather in the last March didn't conduce to baseball. <laughs> I still have I still have a picture of when I went my my first uh, practice. Uh, they it was snow on the ground first baseball practice, and I have a picture of myself. They're rolling the basketball in the snow, and I'm catching it with the glove. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know it wasn't easy because of course we had the indoor cases, but uh, of course that's the reason we only play 25, 26 games today. They play like 70 or 80 because the weather's just not conducive to it. But uh, and and I don't know if you ever been to Simbar Field. Now they got a new one, which I'll talk about in a minute. Simbar Field it seemed to me like the wind was always blowing thirty mile an hour from left field to home plate, and it was tough to get one out of there. But they've got a new park today called Kaufman Stadium, and Bart and I were teammates at IU. Oh really? And Bart and I did Bart and I did well with the Indianapolis Life. His father started it, and uh, he donated a ton of money to IU. They've got a, uh, a you know, baseball stadium today that's just uh, a work of art. And Bart's the one that was responsible for it. And, of course, Bart and I are good friends to this day. He lives in Indianapolis. And uh, there's a lot of difference between the park they have now and Simba Field. But it was different. What kind of baseball What kind of baseball teams did you guys have while you played at uh, IU? Was, did you guys have any success? Oh, we had, I think to this date we have the best winning percentage. I think we were, I know we were, we were 22 and 5, and, uh, percentage wise, uh, but, you know, today they play a lot more games than that, and the number of wins is not the best ever, but the percentages, we had a good team. You know, we had guys that signed pro. I didn't because uh, the only offer I had was like $500 a month, and I was married at the time, so I decided just to go another route. But, uh, I, I mean, I had an opportunity to play professionally, but a lot of our guys did. Uh, who, what was the team that you, you had the opportunity with? Cincinnati. Okay. What kind of success did the, uh, your, 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 when you were on the basketball squad, what, did, you guys, did you guys go to the tournament any? No, at the time we were on probation because we had a football coach by the name of Phil Dickens. Indiana, if you remember, was on probation. And we couldn't go to the NC2A had we wanted to. But, uh, you know, at that time, uh, you know, Ohio State was loaded. Uh, Iowa was loaded. Purdue was good. Uh, we, we had good, good basketball team. You know, we had great players, you know, with, with Bellamy and Radovich and Herbie Lee and Gary Long. You know, we were, we were good. 
So you're getting toward the end of uh, both baseball and basketball. What was your mindset, and what did you, how did you choose the coaching route that you've chosen? Well, it wasn't really a choice. It was almost a, a recommendation by Coach McCracken. He said, Ryan, I think you'd be a good coach. So he uh, made some calls for me, and the job at Oakland City was open, which was a pretty good job. And uh, I went down there and interviewed, and uh, he and another guy named John Bronio, who was my advisor at IU, they were uh, very persistent with their calls and notes and so forth. And that's how I got my first coaching job. And you, how- know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, Billy, what you do. Uh, somebody along the way helps. You know, I, I tell people where anybody in coaching is like a frog on a, on a fence post. We didn't get there by ourselves. Somebody, somebody helped us out. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to have been blessed with people who took an interest in me, even getting into college and NBA. You know, I was a high school coach here in Atlanta, and Cotton Fitzsimmons was the head coach of the uh, Atlanta Hawks, and Cotton and his wife, and my wife and I got to be dear friends. And, uh, you know, later on in life, uh, his son was named assistant general manager of the Golden State Warriors, and he hired me because of my relationship with Cotton. So as you go on, you know, it's uh, it's it's not really what you know, it's who you know. So. <laughs> I've, I've, heard, been I've heard that phrase a lot. So you're at Oakland City for three years, and when do you make the jump down to uh, Georgia? I made it with Roger. See, Roger was uh, named as uh, head coach at Decatur High School, and I came down and was his assistant for four years, and he was my assistant in baseball. He was head basketball, I was head baseball, and uh, we were assistants with each other. And then he took the job at West Georgia, where he won three national championships, or he ended up with four, but he won another one at Life University. But uh, when he went to West Georgia, I was named head coach at uh, Decatur, and I stayed there 14 years, and we had great teams. I mean, not good teams, great teams. And we were in an area in metro Atlanta that was basketball-oriented, not football. One of the few basketball-oriented towns around. We had great success. We won three uh, uh, state championships. We were runner-up three times. We were in the state playoffs 12 or 14 years, won 82% of our games over that period. So, yeah, that's the reason I say it's not the, it's not necessarily what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> you know, and, and I, had, I had good players. I'm always reminded when people ask Coach Wooden what he attributed his national championships to, he said, Lou Alcindor, Bill Walton, Gail Goodman, Bradley Wicks. You know, you, and nobody can do it without players. And we had good players. And then I, uh, from there, I was the first high school coach to go into the NBA on the Michael Fratello hired me. I was with him two years. And uh, then I went to Georgia State. And the primary reason I went to Georgia State is because I had uh, three years uh, experience in Indiana in the retirement system, which I bought. I had 18 years in high school, and then I went to Georgia State and finished my nine years. So although I've got a good job now scouting, I still draw full state retirement from my 30 years in the school system. <laughs> now, your first year that you were at Decatur, you guys you won the state championship the first year you were there, correct? Yeah, we beat a pretty good player who went to Indiana named Joby Wright. 
Joby Wright played us Savannah High, and we beat them in the final game. Yeah, we, won, we were fortunate. We won our first, uh, first year. Ended up, uh, I think, 26-1. and one. And then uh, two, two years uh, uh, after that, we got beat in the finals by Savannah. And then we won uh, two more. Uh, one year we were 28-2, and two, and the other year we were 30-0. and 0. What's the comparison with Georgia high school basketball? How, how would you compare Georgia high school basketball to Indiana high school basketball? Uh, not not very good, but I would call uh, Metro Atlanta basketball to Indiana basketball very favorably. See, a lot of the small southern towns in Georgia are football-oriented, and uh, you could probably take your best football team up there in Indiana and come down here and get beat by mediocre teams. But uh, in, in Metro Atlanta, you know, every every Division One school recruits in Metropolitan Atlanta. Uh, where I was was, uh, you know, it wasn't a Class A school. We were the highest classification, and we played big-time basketball. So I would compare basketball in Metro Atlanta very favorably with any place in Indiana because uh, they use this as a recruiting ground. You, you look at the rosters of teams in Division One, and they always got Georgia kids on it. And a lot of lot of Georgia kids are in the NBA. So I would compare it quite favorably to uh, Metropolitan Atlanta. That, it'll never take the place of the Hoosier. And I'll, <laughs> always be a, I'll always be a Hoosier. Anybody asks me where I'm from, I've been here since 1965. But I say I'm from Indiana. They say, oh, that's fascinating. I say, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Once a Hoosier, always a Hoosier. Amen. What was, what was, what was your feeling? Uh, how did you get the Georgia State job? And uh, Were you kind of nervous about it? Were you hesitant about it? And, and tell us a little bit how you no, got it. I turned it down three times because they weren't ready for promoting basketball. They didn't have the finances. They didn't have the recruiting budget. So the third time when I went down there, I felt comfortable with it. And we were the first uh, Georgia State team to go to the, the uh, big dance. Uh, we went down there, and they had never been. When I went there, they were 2-28 and 28 the year before. In my first year, we were 13-11. and 11. I think that's right, 13-11. and 11. But uh, uh, that was a significant improvement. And then we went to the NCAA tournament, which they couldn't believe. And we played Arkansas, and they were pretty good with Nolan Ryan, 40 minutes of hell. I tell people we had it cut to three till two minutes to play, and they hit a 27-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we were there. What was what was the difference between when you played college basketball at Indiana University and what you took over at Georgia State? What what kind of a what? Because I'm going to ask you what the uh, changes are in the game today, but but what was it like with the changes and the transition from how you played back when you played for the Hoosiers to Georgia State? Well, we could have played slow or fast at Indiana because we had good players. And uh, when I went to Georgia State, the, the, cover, the cover was was very bare. I tell people my first year at Georgia State, we got 30 letters wanting us to be their homecoming game. So I just had my secretary memograph the letter and send it back, and we'll be their homecoming guest, but we'll bring the queen for an extra 10000 You won't even have to vote on it. <laughs> so there's no comparison when I went to 
Georgia State as to where I, where what Indiana was. But, you know, we built it up pretty good. You know, Georgia State's right downtown Atlanta, and that's not a very good place to. It wasn't a very good place to recruit to because a lot of people said again about how dangerous it was. But you know, it's inner city, and now they they built that thing up. You know, Ron Hunter's down there now, who was at IUPUI. Right. Good guy, good coach, and uh, he's he's got the, the program going. He's got the resources now to, to do it, but it's changing night and day from from when I was there. Um, I know you were talking about earlier. You know, it's not maybe sometimes what you know, but who you know. So, how did you? I mean, tell us about scouting in the NBA, and tell us a little bit more about Mike Fratello and the Hawks, and how you went past them. Well, first of all, let me say this about Mike Fratello. He is, if not the smartest, one of the smartest X and O guys I've ever met in my life. I mean, this guy knows basketball in and out. And we had good teams. You know, we had, uh, we had Dominique uh, Wilkins and Doc Rivers and Tree Rollins. And uh, we had uh, Eddie Johnson and uh, Randy Whitman. And we, we had a good bunch. And uh, Michael's the type of coach that, that you know, he's going to be in charge. And, uh, you know, some guys don't want to hear that. But uh, he, he's an excellent coach and an excellent uh, friend. And I enjoyed my associate with him. I had nothing to do with that. It's just that I knew I could hook on to the retirement system and be pretty well set. So, uh, and uh, he went, you know, he does the uh, color on the NBA game probably one of the best analysts there is so my relationship with Michael was was really really good and the reason I went to Georgia State like I say is because of the continuation program. so after Georgia State what did you go into after Georgia State continued to be a, a scout for six to seven months out of the year I started oh yeah yeah I've been scouting now for gosh 24 25 years uh I started out, ironically, with Miami because a good friend of mine, Kevin Lockery, was the coach, and he lives in Atlanta, and he and I were good friends, so I hooked on with them. But I was with Utah. I was with Jerry Sloan for three years, and uh, also another great, great guy. You know, he almost took the Evansville job. And that's when Billy, I don't know if you remember or not, that's when that plane crashed, and Sloan had accepted that job and turned it down. Sad, sad, so he sad might have been on that plane. Yeah. But anyway, I worked for Jerry for three years, and then I was in Golden State uh, for seven years. Um, and then I've been with Miami. This will be my ninth year. Now, in any of your years in scouting, and, and I know this is probably going to be, uh, be an egotistical question or maybe not, um, was there anybody that you, you feel really good about that you kind of found that a lot of people didn't really have you know high opinions of, but they turned out to be really good ball players? Well, you know, it's a team thing. Your scouting is a team thing. What you do, most teams have four or five scouts. And, of course, the, the head coach is the one that's going to make the final decision. But, uh, yeah, when I was at Golden State, uh, we had a good draft. Well, let's go back to Atlanta. You know, we had a good draft there. We got Doc Rivers in the second round. And the reason we got Randy Whitman is because uh, we, we traded uh, Tom McMillan's rights. He was on the end of his career. Senator McMillan, he traded and got Randy Whitman, and you know, I was a part of that, I wasn't the sole one, Right. Uh, and when I was with Golden State, uh, you know, we had good input, scouts had good input, 
and we had good drafts. We had uh, we got Antoine Jameson and Jason Richardson. You know, Antoine was from Carolina, and Jason was from Michigan State. And uh, then we got uh, Murphy from Notre Dame. Uh, my last year, we got Monte Ellis, and I, you know, I I had a, quite a bit of input in that because he was from the South, and that that was my area, so I made a push for him. But you know, it's always a team thing. No no scout can take credit for. Uh, getting a player. I remember one of the scouts, I won't mention his name, but he was talking about he used to have 10 rounds. He said, yeah, nobody liked this kid but me. I said, when did you draft him? He said, the sixth round. I said, well, you liked him so much. Why did you wait so long? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. There's, there's a, uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's uh, it's six-month job, and then, you know, I can, uh, I can uh, play a little golf in the summertime. Now, does this is just a question I have? It's, it just popped in my head. How how far does if an NBA team wins a world championship, how far do the rings get passed around? Well, I got two of them. Okay, that that was that was going to be answer my question. So, and, and with the Miami Heat, yeah, yeah, I got the 2012 and 2013. See, I went with them in 2007. I didn't get the 2006 ring, but I got two of them. And you know what? They're they're not they're not easy to come by. If you're fortunate enough to be on a team that wins the world championship, matter of fact, I saw a little thing on the bottom of ESPN a year or so ago. It said that if you have a ring, that uh, of all the coaches, players, general managers, scouts, front office people, that you're in the top four <laughs> percent. And now, do you do you well, have? I've been fortunate. Do you have those at the house? Do you ever wear them? Do you display them? Or got one on my on my ring finger right now, and I flaunt it, and I gave the other to my son, who coaches in town. Oh wow! Very cool. I, I flaunt it. I flaunt it all I can. Yeah, you know it's interesting that you 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 got two world uh, NBA world championship rings, but you know it's interesting how back. If you think back in the state of Indiana, if you won sectional championships or won a regional, your status as hero in the community was established. That's yeah, and that's what it was. You didn't get anything. <laughs> right, right. You didn't get anything, but it was established. You know. But, but that's got that's so, got, that's just got to be really cool, though. To you know, to to be a part of a program where you have uh, two NBA World Championship rings. That is that is very that is that's awesome. I love. Like I said previously, I've been blessed. Uh, I've had a good run and known some good people, and you know uh, that's that's what life's all about is relationships. Now I have another question for you: Is when did you start just chewing cigars? And is it true that you never lit one up? No, that's not true. I have sometimes when I when I miss three foot putt, I might light <laughs> one up. But I, the only reason I know I do is because my dad did. I can remember him going to going to sleep in a sofa chair with a cigar hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, what do you think uh, of the what what do you think of the state of basketball in the state of Indiana today, high school basketball? Well, I haven't really followed it except I'm with Bobby Plump, you know, when they discontinued the the uh everybody in one pool. And that you know, it's been proven that that was a mistake because they can't even fill up the gyms now for a sectional. Right, you know, and one of the great things about the Indiana basketball, and that's what people mention to me. Oh, that's where you don't have any classes. 
That's the way you do now. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, Roger Kaiser and I both saw the final game of the state between Milan and Muncie Central. Our high school coach, Jerry Kemp, comes us to Indianapolis. We saw the actual game that the movie Hoosiers was made after. Awesome. Now, there's probably 100,000 people say that today if they were in Buffalo Field House. <laughs> but he and I were there. <laughs> you know, going going to Broderpool High School, you know, that's where we played all of our sectional games, and that, that place just has a smell that just... I just, it, I mean, it's a fan. It, it may be a bad smell to other people, but it's just, it just reeks of basketball lore and history. Really? Yeah. 30 years later or more, I'm yeah. at Georgia State, and we play Butler. And I walk in there, and I got goose pimples an inch high. <laughs> it almost brings uh, yeah, it. And Tony, you know, Tony Hinkle was a baseball coach, too. I remember him. In the, in the dugout when we played him in baseball. I, I remember, see, uh, <laughs> I hit a home run against Butler up there, and I came up the second time, and I saw Hinkle over there, and he was having his left field as a backup. <laughs> I drug a bunt. I drug a bunt, beat out of my... <laughs> That's a true story, too. Yeah. Coach, Coach, how do you feel about the state of basketball at Indiana University today? Well, you know, I follow them, and I wish them the best, but I just I wish that some of those Indiana players uh, would stay in Indiana, <laughs> at least with with the university. Uh, I don't know what the, what the deal is or, or uh, why we can't keep them home, but... Uh, you know, I just uh, I just wish we could get back on track where we could dominate the Big Ten. Of course, the Big Ten is strong. I follow the Big Ten. I scout some of the Big Ten. I went to the Big Ten tournament again this year, but uh, and that's one of my tournaments I always go to. But I just you know when I go up there, I just hope they can get by the first round. But uh, I'm still for them, support them, and I just hope we can get back on track. Coach, what was the rivalry like between Purdue and Indiana when you played both baseball and basketball at IU? Oh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> I tell people today when we played Purdue, they they threw firecrackers at us, and we just hit them and threw them back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it was great. You know, they had good teams. They had, uh, they had good teams. And, you know, I remember one of the baseball players, Bernie Allen, he played in the big leagues for 10 or 12 years. But, uh, yeah, they were good. And it was, it was a good ride. We had a good ride with Ohio State. Of course, Michigan and Michigan State at the time weren't really dominant in basketball. But, uh, you know, the, the teams that were really good was, was Indiana and Purdue and Iowa and Ohio State. Wisconsin wasn't like they are today. I mean, that guy up there, Bo Ryan, I mean, so he's going to retire. He's one of the best coaches in the country. Coach, what's your opinion of Coach Knight and his career? Oh, man, I love Bobby. Uh, you know, uh, people think of Bob Knight that don't know him and think of all the silly things he's done. But uh, what a, he made great contributions to Indiana University. I mean, he gave a ton of money to the library. And I don't necessarily agree with all his uh, antics and stuff, but hey, his record says what it says. It was a, he was a great coach, 
and uh, you know, he did it his way. His way is different from most people, but uh, you know, I'm a Bobby Knight fan. I, I my hats off to him. What uh, do you What do you think of the state of uh, college basketball today? Do you think it's in a good spot? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's uh, there's more emphasis now than, than there was in previous years, and it's not necessarily, you know, in the South. You know, you got Alabama and Auburn and Florida and Florida State, Tennessee. All those are based Georgia, basically uh, football schools. But uh, I think the state of basketball in the overall country is good. You know, the West has good basketball. Uh, of course, the Midwest still does. And, you know, you take Duke, Carolina, and that bunch, they're always good. I think it's, I think it's pretty, pretty good, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with the stipends that people are requesting for athletes. I see both sides of it. Uh, I, I think the kids ought to be rewarded in some ways. Uh, monetarily, but at the same time, I also see the problem because you just can't do it for basketball and baseball. I mean, you know, if they start handing out stipends and I have a daughter who plays lacrosse, I want her to get it too. So, you know, I don't know where they'll ever do that, but that's one of the things that they're going to have to do. Coach, what was your biggest offensive output while you played basketball at Dale? Well, I don't know because the day they would count assists as baskets. If that was true, I'd have outscored tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really don't know. I wasn't a great boy. Uh, I got I got my share, but uh, you know I was a distributor and and I could make a shot, make free throws, and pass the ball. But uh, I, I wasn't a great scorer. Didn't need to be, and didn't want to be. You know, I knew what Roger could do, and uh, you know, I, I took care of him like the United States takes care of our allies. <laughs> Did, what kind of conversation was that, by the way, between you and Roger when uh, when Roger decided to go to Georgia Tech and you decided to go, you know, eventually to IU? But was there was was there sadness involved, or was there a, you know was there a you know what was that conversation like? No, when he... Not really, and I don't remember any conversation except that Roger was heavily recruited by Georgia Tech because. Uh, Georgia Tech had several Southern Indiana guys before Roger. Uh, you know, they had, uh, there was a kid at Huntingburg, and uh, he, and, he and Roger hit it off pretty good. Plus, there were a couple big alumni at Georgia Tech in Southern Indiana, and they helped uh, persuade Roger to go to Georgia Tech. But, uh, you know, there wasn't any really big conversation. Uh, I, really, I really thought that after college we'd get back together, which we have. And, uh, you know, but, but as far as uh, anything talked about him going to Tech or me at IU, no, I don't remember that. Coach, was there in at Georgia State and high school, baseball, basketball at IU, was there really a, 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 a place that you had to go play that you really did not enjoy or that the fans were really, really mean or rude or you, you wanted to go and beat them and then leave? No, I don't remember any meanness or rudeness. I remember great loyalties. <laughs> I remember we played Boonville. My uncle was from Boonville, and he sat on the front row and harassed me. He's my uncle, <laughs> you know. But but we had great rivalries. You know, Tell City was a good rivalry. Uh, Rockport was a good rivalry. Uh, but it was, you know, it was a good rivalry. It was nasty stuff going on. 
but uh, it was just good, clean rivalries, and uh, you know we didn't we didn't have any fisty cuffs or any of that stuff. Matter of fact, after the game, you know I, we were we were friends. Holland was a big rivalry, but uh, and and you know when we played Holland, like I told you, my wife was a cheerleader over there. She didn't think very highly of me at all. <laughs> <laughs> And now we've been married 57 years. <laughs> uh, Coach, so so what? So you, you still scout today and you play a lot of golf. How's your golf game? My golf game's pretty good. I'm writing a book called How to Line Up Your Fourth Butt. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, uh, I enjoy playing golf. we got a good group. Uh, and... Uh, any day that I can, I, I try to get out there. I don't play on Sundays. I like to spend my Sunday with my wife and go to church and so forth. But uh, I like to play, and uh, it's a competitive game. It's the hardest game in the world. Ted Williams said he could hit a fastball going 100 miles an hour, and he couldn't hit a softball sitting still. That's about the way I am. But, uh, you know, you, it's, it's just a good game where you, you know, you can be with yourself, and I, I really enjoy playing. Well, Coach, it, it has been a, an extreme pleasure. I thank you so much. I've learned so much, and I'm sure the people a little bit of everywhere are going to enjoy the stories that you shared with us. And uh, I thank you so much for uh, helping us keep the nostalgia alive. And, and to make sure to keep all your stories straight, I'm interviewing Roger on Wednesday. Okay. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you thinking about me. And uh, kudos to everybody up there who listens. And, uh, you know, I'm really always will be. And stay in touch with me, and I appreciate you including me. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye.